Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome back to the Paddle and Fin Podcast Network. We're brought to you by Yak Gadget. For all your kayak fishing accessory needs, go to yakgadget.com. Pelican cases, coolers, and lighting. Go to pelican.com. The 153 Bait Company. For all your hard and soft bait needs, go to the153anglers.com. Now let's get this show started. What is up, guys? I'm Brad. This is the final cast. Hi, Brad. What's up, man? I'm Josh. Nice to meet you, man. Dude, it's been a while. It's been like what three what? three weeks? Something like that. Yeah. Like we didn't get to record last week. So um you ready for again? Heck yeah, man. I'm I'm laughing at everybody right now because we're probably gonna run out of toilet paper and stuff again. So uh, dude, I went to the grocery <laughs> store, it was insane yesterday. So yeah, by the, well, this is coming out the day it's supposed to snow. So if you're snowed in, you guys enjoy this episode. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a good one, too. I'm excited. Heck, yeah. It's been a long time coming. Uh, We are going to talk to Drew Gregory about the current Crescent lineup. So we got him on the show. Welcome, man. What's up, fellas? Welcome to the final cast. Um, First time on the final cast. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's true. We've been been actually talking about doing Crescent episodes since... uh, I want to say (laughs) actually shortly after we sold the crap out of them through the, um, the uh, shows over the winter. Mm -hmm. What was that? Yeah. 2019. And there was a lot of buzz about it. We had, I think we had a, what did we take that year, Brian? What did we take? Yeah, yeah. What do we have up on display in the level? Oh, all the probably the light, light, and the light tackle. Light tackle. Yeah, and that's yeah. even you know that's that's pre Drew Gregory with Crescent too. You know that that brand yeah. has been mm-hmm. growing and getting and gaining momentum for a while now with what um you know James James Durbecker, the owner and and that whole team over there has been doing, just kind of slowly but surely building this sort of just this fun vibe cult kind of following. You know, so it's it's been pretty cool to kind of get brought into the fold and learn about the company and, and the people behind it and just the character and, and just how dude, it's like a family. I mean, like it mm-hmm. really is over there. It's, it's, I mean, you know, you, you go through times where, you know, you're frustrated each other, but then you're like, at the end of the day, like you love each other and you get mm-hmm. back to work and you figure it out. And it's just like, so cool to kind of see something like that, you know, work out uh, in a company. And it really is, you know, truly family run, you know, James owns it mm-hmm. and uh, takes care of, uh, of, the folks there in Carrollton, Georgia, and they put out a great product and happy to be a part of it. And uh, obviously have a new, new one coming out that uh, 
we may be talking about not really so much this podcast, but um, hopefully in a future one uh, after it's released. But um, I'm excited, man. Everybody's going to tune out now. They're like, oh, it's not the new kayak. Yeah. Hear it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. You guys will probably, you know, try to get me to, to you know, spill a few beans on it. And, and maybe there's a few yeah. things I can say. So No, we've gotten there. denied so many times that we're actually used to it. So now we just try not to really bring it up. <laughs> well, if we get the heads up. But then sometimes we'll poke fun about it. But um, we've done that with um, with catch a few times. Oh we, yeah, you know, we'll be like, so what do you want to tell us, McMahon? I can't tell you yet. You know, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, we were hoping it would be out, you know, by now. So delays with COVID and supply chain, everyone's dealing with it. You know, with mm-hmm. in the kayak industry and a few other things. You know, just it, not worth getting into. But the good news is it will be out, you know, fairly soon. So I uh, can't wait for the world to see it and come back on the show again and talk about yep. it in depth because yes. trust me. There's so much going on in this this kayak, and I don't mean like it's a busy kayak. See, here I am talking about it, giving you guys some more insight. <laughs> it's not a, it's not. There's a lot going on, but it's not busy like complicated like some sort of, you know, that old game mousetrap or something where there's just it's busy yeah. like that where you got stuff in your way because that's not my style. You know, I want simplicity. That's what the Crescent brand is about. It's just paddle first. You know, we're not a pedal kayak company, and and have no plans to be probably mm-hmm. ever. And so we're just about simplicity, you know, paddling and simplicity. And that's what Drew Gregory's about, right? Just, just simplicity, rivers, you know, simple, right? Just a few rods, tackle. So even though it's a, a boat that's definitely going to be for, you know, some simple kind of style like that, it's got a lot of cool built-in and unique features. So it's, it's busy, but it's not busy if that makes sense. Anyway, yeah. but I'm excited yep. about it. Yeah, we are too, so. I'm excited to have you on, man. Uh, we were talking before the show started. I've been a big fan. Um, you got me into the kayak fishing game. My first boat was the Jackson Coos HD. And um, we were talking um, kind of like what triggered it for me. My first trip out ever was on a fill and stream set inside and I hated it. And I was like, <laughs> I don't think I'm going to ever do that. But I kept kind of researching a little bit and I came across your video where you were doing 180s in the Coos HD and I was like, that's that's what I need. Something that, that looks comfortable. You did a really good in-depth view, you know, review about what the boat was about. And then um, I caught Steiger's um, video where he was actually, you know, using his uh, bike at the same time he was bringing his kayak and you know chaining up his bike at his takeout and he'd go back and get the truck and I was like that's what I want because at the time I was really into river fishing I'd gotten into waiting for smallmouth around here in the Dayton area and I kept reading story after story of these guys that were local that were in kayaks and they were doing overnighters on the river around here mm-hmm. and I was like that's what I need to get I need to get away from where everybody else is and so I appreciate it, man. Like that yep. boat, I was in it for four, four or five years. And, you know, what you were just mentioning about the simplicity that you had that in that kayak too. And yeah, there was a lot yeah. of cool little things about it that, you know, you wouldn't even really notice it unless mm-hmm. you really knew it, like, and had listened to you talk about it. I remember like right. some of the, the Small rod butt stagers, yeah, like on the mm-hmm. molded on the lid, and, and you know, there's all kinds of cool stuff. I always was a big, huge fan of the um, uh, the drag chain shoot. I'm like, that's a brilliant idea, you know. Right. And that's the stuff that you you've always thought about, and um, it's not like I'm having to buy another accessory. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. the accessory is built into the mold itself, mm-hmm. and that's that's really it. It helps a lot, you know. It helps save money. Mm-hmm. but it had a really good functionality about it. And, you know, I, I still love that kayak. I still think it's actually one of the best river fishing kayaks. Out yeah, that made. was, so. that was a good one. It really was. And you're talking about the 180 video with the original Kusa and it's just kind of <laughs> yeah. crazy to think like, you know, get a little history lesson. Cause I mean, look how far along in the sport we are now. That was 2009 when we shot that video, I believe, yep. no, 2010, 2010, where I was, did the 360 and, just it's crazy to think how far along we are and how many people listening to this don't really know the history of the brands and how all this stuff sort of came together. You know, back when mm-hmm. Chad Hoover was with Wilderness Systems and I was with Jackson and and then other, you know, Kayak Kevin and Jeff Little. Jeff Little was with Wilderness and Kayak Kevin's with Ocean Kayak and Jim Sammons. There's like all these old, old school original, you know, guys out there. I think Corey Ruth, he was with 
native watercraft. There's like these, mm. you know, old school guys that were kind of like helped the companies that the first sort of anglers that helped the company sort of start to get into designing boats for mm -hmm. fishing really specifically. <clears throat> None of these kayak manufacturers were doing that. They didn't have any, any real clue how to do it. So they had to bring in some anglers. All they were doing was putting rod holders on recreational yeah. mold, models that they already had, you know, had and calling it a fishing kayak just to sort of, Oh, let's tap into this little, this is fun and cute over here. This little kayak fishing thing. It might, it might be cool for a couple of years. You might get a few extra sales, but if we put some rod holders mm -hmm. on, that's kind of where they were thinking. They had no clue how big this was yep. going to get. Nobody knew like no yeah. one did. So that, that boat, just to go back to the little bit of a history lesson, you know, I, I was fortunate to, you know, work with Jackson at the very beginning. And that was like the first boat out there with, you know, a high, low seat, a little camp yeah. chair seat that moved high and low. And that's, that's one of the things that I'll, you know, look back on at the end of my career that I was proud to bring to the industry, you know, an idea like mm -hmm. that and innovation. I mean, I just went to them and said, Hey, fishermen like to be comfortable. Why yeah. can we not have a little camp chair seat on top of a sit on top kayak? I mean, they had no clue. They, they never even, thought about it or anything like that before they just were like well of course we can do that why wouldn't you know of course we can yeah. do that and i'm like okay then why don't we do it you know and then and then <laughs> then it started going from there drag chain shoots and everything else like you're saying and then you know you like you guys like we talked about you'll see on, on the new kayak here as well eventually um some other cool new things that are innovative like that so I'm excited, and uh, in the meantime, I guess we'll, we'll talk about the amazing Crescent lineup because I promise you guys this, even when my new design comes out on the specialized fishing line of kayaks for Crescent, right? Mm -hmm. It The whole lineup is so valuable to me as an angler and as a paddler with a family, right? Mm -hmm. The whole line is valuable. I, I mean, I'm still going to be fishing out of every single model pretty much um, because, you know, that little ultralight's so critical for me. Um throw and go boat it's you know yep. the lightest one so that's it gives you a hint right there my boat will not be lighter than the ultralight it's a little bit a little bit bigger size than that right so it'll still be a good boat to throw and go and pre-fishing in tournaments for me just hopping into places real quick i love i love that little kayak it's fast it's nimble it's a little kayak that you know not many kayaks that are that small have that speed because they make them so wide to, to quote unquote be able to stand in because that was a priority in fishing right um, and what we'll get into these more, I guess, uh, later, but that one right there, that's the thing I love about it. It's, it's small, light, and they, it's stuck to the fact that it's, it's still paddleable and, and playful and fun. Mm -hmm. It's not sluggish. So anyway, then the CK one is still going to have a, you know, a spot in the lineup for me. And then the, the, um, uh, like the light tackle, for example, the solo skiff that, uh, we're actually going to be hopefully making those again. Those are kind of on hold on production, but I still have one of those. I love that. So all the models will have a a place on the line, including the new one. And uh, it just depends on, you know, the water type and what my situation is as to which one I'm going to grab. And obviously everyone doesn't have, you know, three, four kayak models like I do laying around, but you have a preference of, you know, the waters that around you that you do fish. You're probably not, you know, maybe not a, a tournament angler that goes nationwide like I do. So it's mm. kind of nice to have a, a few to pick from, but uh, I've always said one kayak cannot, do everything but right two i know like and kayaks aren't that expensive let's face it two i feel like can do everything like two can right. do it all like yeah so anyway but i want to let you guys uh lead me in this conversation where do you want to begin with these um crescent boats and uh or do you want to talk about the company a little bit first or yeah i would like to know some more about crescent as a company because mm -hmm. um you mentioned about the family feel and mm -hmm. that was something that I actually personally got, um, introduced from James. Um, when I had mentioned about going through like, you know, the family stuff that I went through and having to sell the kayak mm -hmm. and all that jazz like that, he actually reached out to me and was like, Hey man, you know, uh, it can help you out and get you into, uh, the crew because he'd know, you know, he'd seen my post and stuff like that about taking my boys out in the <clears> kayak <throat> and, you know, that sort of thing. And, um, and that was like, that was huge for me because it was kind of a low point for having to get rid of that stuff and had mm -hmm. just introduced my kid, my little boy, my youngest at hand gotten mm -hmm. in it yet, but, um, Zachary had, and, it just, it spoke a lot. It, you know, it hit me in the heart 
pretty good. And I was like, I appreciate it, James. But you know, like at this time it's, you know, I, you know, just, you guys take care of what you guys got to do and you know, that sort of thing. And cause he, you know, he's like, he thought that I live possibly, you know, near South, you know, down there. Mm -hmm. And I was like, nah, I'm all the way up in Ohio. Where did you post that? Uh, by the way, I can't, or did yeah, he just, it's just like a person. year and a half ago. And yeah, like, but where was me. it just on Facebook or yeah, just my own personal post. Own personal and post? Yeah. And I'm friends with him on Facebook. Okay. So he had seen that and, um, <laughs> he reached out and i was like man that's that's just huge you know what i mean like cool. yeah that the owner of a company is reaching out yep. to somebody like that you know means yeah. a lot and obviously at some point you know companies definitely get to the point where that's probably just not feasible anymore but like the fact that that's who he is and that's who he you know that just shows that's who that guy always wants to be yeah. you know even to, even to the point you know if it continues to grow and he can't do that for as many people or whatever he's always going to have that heart and come up with something in the company say well I'm going to do this or do that. Maybe we'll, I don't know, just different ideas like that. So that's just kind of a good example of what I'm talking about. Why, by, you know, it is a family over there and uh, you know, he's just, he's generous. He's fair. He, he's, he's unique. He's innovative. Um, he's a, got a different, different mind going on up here. And you can see with those designs too, it's, it's very mm -hmm. clean. The colors are solid for a reason mm -hmm. Now we are having a you know camo now, but like he's, he's got this vibe and, and just, yeah, he's a good dude, man. That's all there is to say about it. He is, and he cares a lot about his people and his brand and his company. I mean, he's so passionate about that brand and protecting it. Um, I don't know. This is probably maybe a bad example, but could be a good one. Um, you know, the NFL is so like always like got to protect the shield, got to protect the shield. Yeah, he is very like vigilant on like he's got a vision, and this like he knows what it is. That's what's cool about it. And so if anything deviates from it, mm -hmm. like he's on it. He doesn't let it. He's not going to let it like go a direction he doesn't see it going and he knows exactly what it is so that's that's pretty cool and um you know it's it's definitely uh just fun and and different working for him he like i said he works in a different he's an artist you know what i mean like i mm -hmm. really consider what he does as an artist because he came from a rotomolding molding background and rotomolding molding is kind of an art science mixed together the design and the aesthetics of the whole thing it's artistic um but yet he's still running you know and, and managing the, the business side and, and the manufacturing side and all that production as well. But you can see with the visuals on the website, there is a clear, unique style with the Crescent, you know, brand, the feel and the theme. And it is very like positive and happy and bright mm -hmm. and fun. And you know what I mean? Like energetic, you know, feel. And that's what we're trying to bring to kayak fishing. But it's, but what's cool about it is Crescent's not, you know, ever trying to, you know, obviously we know kayak fishing is big but, but it's never you know we're never losing sight at crescent of the wreck and the, right. the family and everything else we we are 100 behind that even though it sometimes you know can feel with you know in our spectrum right with, which is fishing like mm -hmm. that's just such a big thing it can almost get over overwhelmed fishing can almost overwhelm companies sometimes because we have yeah. so much content and tournaments and there's not that stuff happening for recreational paddling and family and touring. Um, but anyway, that's um, it's, it's just pretty exciting to see how the brand is as a whole. And, and since I have a family and so many people at Crescent have families with kids and we have, you know, like the crew, uh, which we haven't really mentioned yet with it, which is a tandem solo. Anyway, I'm getting off track, but uh, about the company <laughs> and James, you know, these, yeah. he's just a good dude. And uh, all the folks that work there, they um, they're all just like family. And if anybody stops by, uh, you know, down there in Carrollton, I'm sure they'll give you a tour that's cool because um, we just moved into a new a new place so yeah that was really cool seeing seeing the process for that too it was mm -hmm. really neat yeah and scott butcher <laughs> over there you guys know obviously that yep. name and kayak fishing so got got some familiar fishing names and and some other folks that are soon to be sort of joining the team too that you guys know that which will when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply announce i'm sure down the road oh this year. man yeah. <laughs> that's cool yeah it, it, just going back to like the whole family thing 
your guys' owner group just just by itself, just by glancing mm-hmm. through and reading posts, even they feel like they're part of the family. Like it's not like your typical kayak group where people are fighting and stuff. I've never seen that in, in a crescent kayak group. Yeah, it's true. I mean, you're right. It's it's, and again, it goes back to just how you know our, our marketing director, uh, you know Justin Forrest. He's mm-hmm. kind of you know one of uh, James's right hand guys, and they just know what they're doing with what they want the brand to be and to continue to always make sure we stay in control of that. So mm-hmm. in that owner's group, we have control of that group, obviously since they created it and they're not going to let the vibe, you know, shift to negativity. Yeah. It's kind of like when, when I started with uh, James and I got to know him, you know, like, like myself and probably you guys, like I'm not into to drama, you know what I mean? I'm not into yeah. drama and all this stuff that happens with the companies and pro staffs and blah, blah, blah. We're, you know, it's just a different, feel there so the main thing was like hey we're not we're not going to ever get into that we're just going to stay like neutral and stay positive and that's kind of where how they moderate that group just positive helpful and we always will try our best you know we're not perfect we'll definitely make mistakes i'm sure we'll have some make some mistakes with dealers or consumers but we'll always uh you know try to remedy the situation and and address it and uh you know do what we can to, to make it right yeah. We do, so. I respect that for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because you see some of the other uh, some of the other um, boat owner groups, and it really just ends up turning into a complaint, you know, file yeah. basically. <laughs> like, see, I didn't know this, man. This is I've never been really paid attention to other owners groups. But oh man, yeah, I'm I'm in almost every owners group out there, you know, just because I like kayaks and yeah. It seems like I see more posts like that than I do positive stuff. So yeah, so it's like a customer it's, service. It's like exactly pretty much room, yeah, room. yeah. <laughs> it's like um, you know, I told we used to say working customer service that nine times out of ten, actually probably ninety nine times out of a hundred, uh, there people are reaching out not when things are good but when things are bad. So yeah. and unfortunately, right. a lot of times those owner groups have turned into that. You know they. And that's not always like that, but Mm -hmm. it's just, it it tends to happen more and more and more, especially when there is like a known issue and then Mm -hmm. it just gets compounded. And then everybody, every time has to share that they have something bad with their kayak. And it's like, you know, it's like, you guys, how do you guys, you know, why post about it? I don't know. Like, I don't, it's kind of like you see you see it like everybody knows it's a known issue so why are you just beating a dead horse with it you know and um you know and that goes through all the manufacturers we've Mm -hmm. we've seen them all you know everybody has their issues because like you said this is a innovative sport it's grown it's still growing and there's Mm -hmm. the more the tournament scene gets bigger and bigger the more crazy stuff we're gonna see come out and you know and then but that's why I really appreciate what Crescent's doing is you guys are trying to keep that simplistic true kayak vibe that we all really started in, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, because there's, we know there's, we know the top companies like Hobie or, you know, and uh, Bonafide and stuff like that. And they're going to keep innovating and innovating and innovating and it's going to keep happening. But what, like at what point, does it get to be too much? You know right. what I mean? Yeah. And that's why I have a really big appreciation for Crescent and James and you and what you guys are doing there, because it's like, let's not forget about those type of kayaks that got us here. We can improve those. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But we don't have to go build some crazy pedal drive. That's going to hold like, you know, 20 rods in it and basically right. turn it into a small bass boat. And then you're yeah. looking at having to buy a trailer and a, uh, truck you know yeah exactly and, and, you know and that's just a small percentage of kayak anglers too that are doing tournaments right. and stuff most most people like exactly. me i'm an average joe they're gonna want to paddle you're you know mm-hmm. i mean it's basically it's i always say it's sort of like we're beginning to take the quote kayak out of kayak fishing isn't that yep. yeah. you know sort of uh just ironic you know what i mean that we're, the sport's still called kayak fishing and like you guys said it kind of started with you know we didn't really want to be uh complicated with 
all the electronics and motors, gas and electric and all that, that stuff. That was like the, this was our escape from that. We're like, Oh man, it's simple, just easy. Just drag it to the water and, you know, river, pond, lake, whatever. This is so easy. Back of the truck real quick, even car tops, super light ones, boom, throw mm-hmm. them up there. It was, it was simple and easy. That's what we loved about it. And then now it's becoming, you know, yeah. obviously those other ones are, are not quite as simple and not, not as easy. You know, you do need trailers. They have a lot of mm-hmm. moving parts. They have a lot of bells and whistles, the motors. And I'm not against all that because yeah. honestly, it's just, it just gives us all options on every end of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. Yeah. If that's somebody else's thing, it's, you know, it's, it's just not mine. I've continued to stay true to kind of who I am. You know, river bassing is what, mm-hmm. you know, what brought me into the sport. If I didn't have such a passion for fishing rivers, I would have never gotten, you know, a kayak, but it was like the perfect tool. It just kind of clicked back in, in the day. And like, what was it? 2004 when I got started, you know, I just got done learning how to whitewater kayak in my senior year in college. And, and then next thing you know, I'm back home in Atlanta and, there's really no social life. You know, you're out of your, out of college, right? Which was Tennessee for me up in, um, at, at Lee university. And then now I'm back home with my family and I'm like, there's nothing to do around here. There's no friends. Like what's <laughs> this is, this stinks. Yeah. I love my parents, but I'm like, I got to get out and do something. Started yeah. wait, waiting the rivers, just waiting them. And I was like, this also stinks. Cause I really want to see what's, you know, I can only go so far in a day. I want to see what's around that yep. bend or this bend and started Googling a little bit of, and, uh, found a website called Georgia riverfishing.com few guys you know several actually were already fishing out of kayaks then like cobras and some wilderness systems you know 120s were out some ocean kayak Mm -hmm. capers and the drifters and uh, i got a couple capers and that's you know the rest is history and i started standing up and fishing at it right away and took the previous knowledge of you know fishing and uh to the in in the kayak i just learned how to whitewater kayak up in you know college so it was just perfect i was like oh man now i can reach all this wild stuff this is incredible and it's so simple and i've just sort of stayed true to that my entire career because it's just it's actually just who i am it's what i enjoy i don't really uh every tournament just so you guys know um and i'm sure some of my sponsors like hate to hear this because the more gadgets and electronics and stuff you know that i promote and talk about they they probably you know like that if they're any of those companies but the truth is my my ultimate goal at every tournament is to f- be fishing and competing in that event out of the Crescent ultralight. Because what that means is I found a place that is yeah super skinny or super hard to get to or remote, you know what I mean? And yeah. uh, tough access. And I can just bring a few rods and no, I don't need electronics or anything in, in these situations most of the time. And you know, which I won the, you know, the Hobie BOS, you know, angler of the year with, you know, no electronics, uh, just simple kayak fishing. And obviously, you know, it, it's, it's probably advantageous in many situations to have them. It's just not my style and the places I always look for, which is like what I'm saying. I'm, my goal is to go and fish each tournament in the Crescent ultralight or the CK one, just something simple with the paddle mm-hmm. like yeah. that, even in tournaments that allow motors or pedal drives. I, I, that's my first choice. I'm looking for water that, those boats don't really want to get to or can't and you know there's problems with it we can get that into that on you know or i can and, and do in other tournament um podcasts but there's problems with those waters because a lot of times they have a lot of smaller fish or they're mm-hmm. you know what i mean it's not worth the effort to get there or just because it's remote and wild doesn't doesn't mean yeah. that there's magically you know six pounders everywhere i, I wish but <laughs> but that is just you know <laughs> <laughs> who I am and, and what I always will be about is just river bassin and that's that's me to a core and that's very much crescent to a core and that simplicity, good performance, paddle ability and, and just positive positive vibes and just just fun because that's why we all do this obviously is to have fun. So yep. that's it for me. I, I kind of want to pick your brain on this ultralight a little bit more. You you touched on a little bit, you said that this boat is what you use for little creeks and stuff like that. Uh, how, how do you fish out of it exactly? I mean, do you are are you a guy that needs to stand and fish, or do you get out and wade and tie it to your boat? Yeah, I mean, most of the time with that boat, it's it's just staying seated. I love to stand and fish. It's definitely one of my mm-hmm. favorite things to do. But you lose a little bit of efficiency when you're standing uh, in terms of, you know, the the switching, uh, bending down and dropping, putting the mm-hmm. rod down, picking up the paddle making corrections. So in situations um, like some small, smaller bodies of water, you really don't need to stand to be able to see them. You know, you kind of know where the holes are and the the most, you know, Mm -hmm. likely 
places where they're going to bite are. And so I stay seated in that boat. I can stand in it and I do at times. Like if I find a fish on bed, for example, or whatever, and if mm-hmm. I have to try to catch that fish for a tournament, I can do it. It's just, uh, you know, anyone that's probably bigger than me and I'm like five, eight and, and a half, don't forget the half. But um, I, <laughs> I definitely um, can do it, but most people, you know, bigger than me probably cannot. I would say it's, it's tough to stand in if you're, yeah, I, I'm like 170, 165, 170 pounds. Yeah, I tried, I tried to, to do it. In it. A, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Me, me too. I couldn't do it. <laughs> I was like, no, no. But it is a great boat for what you're, you're talking about. I mean, just here's the thing. If you're, again, forget even tournaments. We're just talking kayaking here. Mm-hmm. If you have a kayak and you buy one, this is what happens to everybody. I'm going to tell you right now. Demo days. Okay. I'm sure you know, that we still have demo days, right? I mean, even though COVID, mm-hmm. I've seen plenty of places still doing demo days. So if you're going to Loveland Canoe and Kayak or whatever, and you go to their demo, what? and you're a new kayak customer, here's what happens. What happens the majority of the time is you actually get in each boat, if you're an angler, and you want to see how stable it is for standing, and you just feel the more stability is better. But you're just paddling it in a little hundred, couple hundred yard section, right? Real small, not a big long trip. You're not t- putting on back of your truck or car topping it you're just literally getting in it at a beach standing up in it seeing how stable it is and you kind of usually get sort of i wouldn't say suckered in i don't if there's maybe a better word but you you end up falling in love with a boat that is probably mm-hmm. a little bit too much or too, a little bit more boat than you actually need and yeah. because of that you get a boat that's a little heavier than than you need mm-hmm. uh, and a little bigger and then when you get it home uh, you end up actually not being as excited to go out in it because it's like, oh, I got to lug this thing over here. Now I need a trailer. I got to get a trailer, yeah. and I got to like, it's just not. It's it's amazing what twenty, you know, twenty or thirty pounds can do in your mindset. With I'm going to go or I'm not going to go. You know how simple is it? And how quick and easy is it? It's incredible the difference. And the ultralight is the other end of the spectrum. It's like it's so easy for me just to say, you know what? I got an hour. I'm going to go pop this this kayak real quick in the back of my truck strap it down with just like one strap and then roll to the local you know place to go fishing but if you have that big complicated complex boat Mm. you just don't do it so and the other thing that happens is you fall in love with people uh what i always tell people is you want to get in the boat that's uh you know is let's say you feel like stable in a boat or let's say you feel super stable in a boat, like mm-hmm. a nice big wide boat, you know, whatever, like something like a Hobie Pro Angler or Native yeah. Titan, something that's so giant you feel great in that. But you really want to be in a boat, if you're just looking to stand and still get the smallest boat um, possible to stand in, I always tell people get the very smallest one you can get, the lightest one you can get, that you mm-hmm. that you kind of quasi when you're testing it, you barely feel comfortable. You're not quite 100% comfortable. You're just kind of on the edge, like, I don't know if I can do this boat or not. I, Think about it like that. Like that's your first time in the boat. That's the time. Mm-hmm. That's the time you're going to feel the least stable ever. Like mm-hmm. if you're riding a bike at the very beginning and you're learning how to ride a bike, you know, at the very beginning, you're like, man, this is, I don't know if I'm going to do this. You're wobbling all over the place. And then like after a week of riding the bike, you're jumping the curbs and you're like going everywhere, just going crazy. Right. Like you're, you feel super stable, super confident in it. That's the way it is with a kayak. So if you, mm-hmm you feel overly confident you're like man i got this this is easy to stand and it's too much boat for you if you're still looking to get in the smallest boat possible which makes it easy to manage transport tow to and from the water you know all all of the above so you basically just want to get into that kayak where you you feel almost like uncomfortable standing in it if that's mm-hmm. again if that's your goal you almost feel a little uncomfortable because i promise you in about a week or two um you're going to feel way more comfortable and then you're going to be glad you got a lighter boat. It's going to be more likely faster and you know a little mm-hmm. narrower than the other, obviously bigger mm-hmm. ones. So now you're going to be faster on the water because again, you're just paddling at a demo in a couple hundred yard section. You don't really understand how important that speed is because it's just, you're not going across the entire lake at a demo. You're just paddling it around. So that speed is super valuable for your fatigue for the entire day. So again, getting the smallest boat, you can possibly stand it, stand in or feel a little bit, kind of wobbly in but kind of secure in you're just not sure about it mm-hmm. telling you that, telling you that's the one that's, that's more <laughs> the one you want yeah and you kind of explained my whole like experience with kayak fishing there i went from the heaviest boat now i'm in a mm-hmm. inflatable and you know yep. i'm trying to find that good mix and i think i found it but 
uh, on top of that, I had the I, I had paddled the ultralight the very first time I got into that thing. I've almost flipped it in 37 degree water. So I it kind of freaked me out, but I I kind of, you know, got used to that after a few weeks like you said and it turned out to be a pretty awesome boat. I mean, it paddles yeah. great. Yeah, yeah, it does. And what what size are you? I'm 61. 61. So yeah, you're 61, you're still in it. I mean, now granted you're a paddler and you've done done a lot of paddling. Mm-hmm. And you know your stuff, which is, you know, important if you're going to be, you know, a guy your size in a boat like that, but I mean, it's got the weight capacity for it. It's doable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously in the right situations for your, you know, you know, fishing style, it could be the perfect choice just to throw, go hit a few spots real quick in the day or hit a small Creek or a small river or whatever. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's a fun one. Yeah. I liked it. I, I, I want to go into that as well with you. Um, you, since you got like a uh, boat for different scenarios, what do you use the light tackle for? The light tackle uh, is, for me, it's it's still actually right now the light tackle. I've got a a motor guide, you know, XI five uh, quick release bracket on the front, so I do like to use that with the motor for some of the tournaments like the KBF, so the BASS mm-hmm. tournaments that allow motors, and it's pretty quick. But I also have a solo skiff uh, that I use for a motor. But it's incredible, like people just underestimate that you know they're not. I mean, solo skiff is probably like forty inches wide, but mm-hmm. there are situations where I'm like. I can't really take the solo skiff, but, and, and you would think, how's that possible? The boat's, you know, it's still just a teeny little boat, <laughs> but the light tackle actually fits and works better. Or maybe it's just easier to access that spot with the light tackle because you don't need a trailer like you do with the solo skiff, you know? So, mm-hmm. but anyway, as far as the paddling aspect of the light tackle, that's the original. That's like the OG mm-hmm. that everyone fell in love with. Uh, it's got a lot of cool little, just small, subtle, simple slick fishing features but not you know yep. over the top anything that's kind of i think where james hit the right niche or what you know with crescent just having you know making it where you can build it out with the gear tracks and not yeah. overwhelming somebody and causing the price for a u.s made product to you know be way way high for a paddle kayak keeping it simple keeping the price down low and the performance on that boat is what everyone loves i mean everyone talks about mm-hmm. You know, how smooth it paddles, how easy it paddles, how quick. It's very nimble. It's, you know, 12 foot long. can't remember the width. It's, it's in that 12, 12 and a half foot range. I think it's like 12 and a half. But, um, yeah, it's, it's super just fun paddling boats. The first one that I uh, ever got into um, with Crescent. Actually, that's not true. I had the paddleboard as well, the, the SUP Plus. But it was a SUP Plus and the light tackle. Um, mm-hmm. And it was just <clears throat> playful at that size. It can, you know do rivers well can do lakes mm-hmm. well it's kind of a good all-around boat and it's just effortless paddling effortless paddling mm-hmm. and you know ease of turning it's just got that sort of happy medium you know so if i'm somebody it's got a little bit you know and maybe needs a little bit more weight capacity whether you're carrying a lot of gear or you're just a little bit you know heavier than i am it's a great great model because it's just a such an easy paddling mm-hmm. boat and it's still because all that simplicity is in there it's lightweight still so you can you know, you know, you want to take it out. You're excited about it. You're not just like, oh my goodness, this 12 foot, most 12 foot boats for manufacturers these days are in the, I don't know, they're probably like 90 pound range. You know what you say around 90? Yeah. This boat's, you know, nowhere near that. So that's that's, like 71 pounds or something like that. Something like that. That's a light tackle um, for sure. It's, it's the original and it hit, you know, that midpoint, I think that sweet spot for most, most people. And then to kind of play off that, the CK one, which is the, the next version down. So we've talked about the ultralight. That's a 10 footer. Mm-hmm. And then you just mentioned that the light tackles 12 and the CK one is in CK one venture is this 11 foot range, right? So if you can see a pattern here now, like Crescent's filling out a line of a 10, 11 and 12. And then eventually we can talk about the crew, the solo or tandem, which is a 13. Oh, yeah. So 10, 11, 12, 13, right. And it's filling out a nine real uh, line real nicely. Mm-hmm. for for you know whatever your need is whatever water type you have we've got an option for you and that's a goal of any kayak manufacturer it's no you know no secret you want to have a, a boat for everybody out there right yeah and then of course the paddleboard can handle those situations but anyway the ck1 is think about it very much in between that ultralight and the light tackle so it's a little bit um you know a little bit slower paddling than the um than the light tackle so because light mm-hmm. tackle is a little bit longer and, and 
you know, maybe uh, a tad narrower as well. So it's a little bit, a little bit quicker, but the, the uh, flip side of that is this CK one is a little bit more, you know, a little bit more playful, a little bit more nimble. Mm-hmm. So, uh, which in both of them, by the way, the light tackle and the CK one, you can stand in pretty easy, but that's the difference to me when you, uh, the CK one, the standability between the CK one and the ultralight ultralight, I wouldn't really say is, you know, really for standing at all, you know, even though yeah. you know, we talked about, I can do it, but the CK one <laughs> is only a foot longer, hardly, you know, that much heavier. I mean, it's probably, you know, I don't know. It's, um, I want to say 63 ish pounds, something like that. Mm-hmm. And the ultralight is, uh, 49. We should probably have the specs pulled up here, but that's about <laughs> right. Uh, you guys can look it up. So the point is, we're like, we're just talking the difference of like, you know, 14 pounds. Yeah. And that makes that. a huge so difference. Yeah. And then now you got that extra stability to stand in, but it's only 14 pounds, you know, heavier. So it's pretty mm-hmm. cool. Um, you know, that boat and it's, it's got different features on it as well. Uh, in the interior front tank, well, there's no, no, um, internal access at all to that boat. It's completely sealed. So it's, it's very safe on rivers. And, um, again, it's just got that ease of transport because it's lighter weight and great maneuverability and just lots of cool little subtle features, but not too feature rich where the price point just goes way up and skyrockets. So that's, that's what I think most people love about that kayak. I think a lot of people that got the light tackle, it probably, you know, if they got it and they're in that size range, it's a little smaller, maybe someone like my size or a little bit mm-hmm. you know, up to like your size or whatever, if they're have experience paddling at some point, they might say, man, I could probably do just as fine in this CK one, mm-hmm. uh, unless they need really need speed. Cause that light tackle does have more speed. And they'll drop down and pick up a CK1 instead because it's like, hey, it's easier to transport. It's lighter weight. It's a little bit more playful, especially if they are actually a river angler. That would be the one to kind of go go with. So, so you yep. pull up some specs here. So let's see if I was – yeah, 60 pounds. So I'm even yeah. off a little bit on the weight. It's a little lighter. So it's only like 11 pounds heavier. So to get the ability to stand, it's not going to be as quick as – it's crazy because we're talking about the light tackle being a little quicker than – the CK one, right? Because it's a little bit longer. I think it's a little bit narrower, maybe at least that just the same width, but that extra length will make it a little faster. But then we're also talking about the ultralight being the smaller version being faster. So that's rare. That's what I'm talking about. Why the ultralight is a rarity. I feel like the ultralight is quicker in speed than this CK one. And that's, that's where Mm. we feel that, you know, I feel where people uh, or, or companies Again, they've they've basically taken what the anglers have all said we want. We want to stand. We want to stand and fish. You want to stand. You want to make a ten foot boat be able to stand. You've got to make it this this oval shape. You know, wide, super wide. And at that point, it doesn't paddle that great. You got your what you wanted in in the standability, but you lost, you know, speed and maneuverability. And to me, that you know, that easy. It's not just speed, top end speed. I'm talking every paddle stroke you make out there in a day, guys that's wearing on your body and taking the toll. If it's, if it takes more effort to push your kayak, you're not trying to, to win a race, but you're getting worn <laughs> out, you know, quicker and quicker. But if you are trying to win a race, then obviously it's still, um, you know, is it, better obviously to be in that little speedier, smaller kayak than, you know, when yeah. you can stand in. But anyway, that's, I just love no, the way the line's shaping up here. No, I, I think that's what Crescent does really well. Even, even though the CK one is 34 inches wide. That's mm-hmm. like your typical kayak uh, fishing kayak nowadays. It, it still paddles really well. And mm-hmm. I've always told people that the light tackle, I, I compared it to the Kusa. It felt pretty similar in how it paddled to the, to the Kusa. Right. Yeah. No, I'd say so, man. <laughs> I'd say so. It's, you know, the Kusa, the original Kusa is a little shorter, like 11 foot. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it probably paddles similar, you know, in the Crescent line, if you're comparing probably to the CK one and then that, the HD maybe with that light tackle, but the um, you know light tackles probably a little bit longer or a little bit you know narrower. It's got more of a uh, a keel to it, you know. Um, the Crescent's got an interesting hole shape, and um, you know they were a little bit more flatter on on the Jacksons there. Mm-hmm. So it's it probably tracks a little bit better, but that again, you know, it's not necessarily what you're needing in in a a river situation where you want to you know, be able to maneuver like a little sports car, quick to avoid obstacles. So that's why I talk about that light tackle being your do it all sort of boat. It can 
certainly maneuver fine in a river. Um, and all, all this always goes back to, you got to learn how to paddle. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I can take anything. I you know, I could take a, you know, something big like a Hobie pro angler or native Titan or mm-hmm. whatever, a new canoe, big new canoe and paddle it down a river just fine. But you know, you still want to be able, it's just, it's going to be easier for me if I'm in the proper boat, you know what I'm saying? Just like it's going to be yeah. easier for a beginner if they're in the proper boat. And if beginners don't understand the obstacles and the, and the things, if they're, if they don't realize soon enough that they need to make that turn in your, in a river, for example, turn that kayak 90 degrees to the current, you know, and start moving out of the way of the obstacle mm-hmm. um, soon, you know, you have to well in advance. If they don't realize that usually the beginner doesn't understand how quickly, because once you turn broadside to the current, the current hits yeah. the whole side of the boat and starts pushing you faster. Right. Yeah. So if you can imagine that playfulness, that extra playfulness in a smaller boat is going to, Again, it's a matter of milliseconds that could change your entire day from flipping over, hitting that log or that rock and flipping you or making that adjustment just in time. You know what I mean? But obviously, the better mm-hmm. you get, I could take anything out there because I know what's coming up and I plan way ahead. And I know yep. how hard it's going to be to paddle a heavier boat and get it kind of going, you know, so I, I take all that into account. So, yeah, yeah obviously, that the angler and the paddler has a ton to do with, you know, how a boat performs. But at the end of the day if all things being equal, the same paddler and all the exact same boats, the scenarios from big, wide, heavy to small and teeny, it's, it's definitely going to be beneficial to be in the proper boat, you know, for the mm-hmm. situation. So if you are looking for a boat, that's a do it all, you know, you're best suited in those, uh, you know, the light tack or the CK one, uh, or even that the crew, you know, the crew can kind of do it all too, which we haven't really talked about that one yet. Uh, but then the, the smaller stuff, if you have storage issues, uh, maybe you have a, a dorm room or an apartment, that ultralight is hard to beat. You know, if you can't mm-hmm. really carry something um, that's super heavy, again, ultralight's great. Your, your small river, creek fishermen, ultralight's great, small ponds. So it, it all goes back to the water type, really. And that's they're just tools for, uh, just like our lures are tools, they're just tools yep. for different water types. That's it. So, no, I completely agree with that for sure. Um, you hit you hit on something i just completely it just slipped my mind so i'll just well, i'll just keep going huh i sit here and just ramble anyway and i <laughs> and i enjoy it but i know i just i probably threw you off because i'll sit here and just go go no. go and it probably feels like a filibuster but just excited about <laughs> kayak fishing and uh just enjoy you know talking about it with you guys yeah uh speaking of josh dropped out because he uh his uh power ran out and it's or it shut off in his apartment they so they i don't know what's going on there but i don't think he'll yeah. be back oh <laughs> but uh let's get into the crew man uh this one is interesting uh, from the first time i saw it i think i saw you you and ken were throwing a motor on the front of it and i was like oh that's pretty yeah. cool yeah no doubt yeah, it was it's talk very about cool. that a little bit it, it probably is one of the best boats if you are into adding a motor <clears throat> Uh, onto the bow and i think there's some companies out there and some people that make some like motor mounts um to help it you know on the bow there but we just kind of diy'd it uh you know ken and i put one on his crew and what's neat about it is it's you know solo it's tandem uh, it could do either one and as you can see there in the picture and if you guys are listening on the audio basically what we're looking at here is a, a picture of the the crew on the crescent website but the seat when it turns into solo it moves a little bit more forward so it's in the proper mm-hmm. position because this boat is what 13 foot what is it 13 something uh we scroll down there yep 13 right at it so most like a lot of solo kayaks are 13 foot mm-hmm. plenty of them out there you know touring mm-hmm. kayaks and some some higher higher end court sort mm-hmm. of you know performance wreck slash touring sit on tops 13 foot is not an uncommon length at all so in other words, when you move this seat forward into that quote solo position, uh, you know, cause maybe you got this cause you got a family and you want the ability to have two people, you mm-hmm. got kids or, you know, significant other or somebody that's going to ride with you. It's perfect. But then when you do want that solo performance, the seat moves into that position, which is, you know, uh, the correct exact position on the boat where, you know, the weight, uh, is displaced there properly. Right. Like as mm-hmm. if it was just a solo kayak. So, Again, one of those 13 foot solo kayaks, which are, you know, like I said, very normal to have a, a kayak of that length. Uh, it paddles, you know, surprisingly very quick. And it's just a joy to be in, man. It's a lot of fun. It's super stable because you got that extra length. So you got more of that, that, the actual width of the boat, you know, out 
for a longer period of time, right? So before mm-hmm. it narrows up, so you got a lot of good stability. Uh, and because it's got more volume, this boat, you know, what's that, uh, the weight capacity on that 400 something pounds or, or no, well, 600 something. Jeez. I was thinking it was like 475 or 500, but 600, <laughs> that's, that's again, why we suggest this boat for, if you're going to put a motor on it, you got the motor, mm-hmm. you got the battery, uh, the extra weight can handle that, you know, the capacity can handle that extra weight is what I'm saying. So it's 35 inches wide, you know, se- only 79 pounds still. So it's still, yeah, that's really light for I a 13 mean, foot. Yeah. It's unreal. You can see that's our goal. We're just, we want to keep yeah. it the kayak and in, you know, the sport kayak and kayak fishing. If we're looking at this as fishing boats. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a great boat. Uh, I know Ken really loves his, he fishes out of it for tournaments. Uh, he uses the tandem feature with his, his wife, mm. uh, Ashley a good bit. So it's a fun boat, man. So you guys check it out. Uh, and uh, again, it's, it's to, to have a boat that's can handle it has two seats, can handle two people, and turn into solo with that length, with all those specs for eleven ninety nine is. I mean, that's if you compare price, that, yeah. it's it's pretty. I mean, and made in the USA, which is something we always have to, you know, remind folks. I mean, that's it's hard to pull that off, and mm-hmm. we've been able to do it, uh, which is what we're excited about because we never want to keep in the kayak and kayak fishing into the kayak and you know into this you know, into paddle sports here, never getting even on the rec side away from lightweight and simplicity is important, but so is keeping the price mm-hmm. down where, you know, the kayak's always been something that is affordable. And that's another, another thing we wanted to make sure we have a, you know, even though we have to obviously charge more, there's more plastic, there's more double the seats, there's more components, but you know, we still want to keep the price down as well and make all the boats in the Crescent line USA made and affordable, which again, is it's definitely challenging, but, Somehow oh, yeah. we're, we're pulling it off over there, and, and uh, the team is. So, uh, the question I had about the going from tandem to solo. So, when you're going tandem to solo, do you move the seat up into those middle notches right there in between the seats? Exactly. That's where you sit. Exactly. Yep. Okay. So basically, behind the seat, you got another like tank rear well. well. You yeah, it's like a double the tank well. That's crazy. So if you are running a, a motor and I recommend this for any kayak, you know, my light tackles the same way, but if you are running a motor, uh, it, if it's not a, you know, a torpedo or, or mm-hmm. what's the, uh, new port or anything like that, that's off of the, the, uh, stern. If you're going to run one off the bow, like the motor guys, which a lot of folks like to do, mm-hmm. then you can, um, just make extension cords basically for your battery cables. And you got to make sure you do the right spec, you know, cable, you know, the cord and all that. But basically what you want to do is put the battery in, in one of those tank wells way back there, those mm-hmm. double tank wells, and it balances that weight out. That way you're not super, you know, bow down with all the extra weight up there with the battery and the motor. So I don't know if you can see, um, and we have pad kits for all these boats too. If you look at the um, yeah. there's pictures somewhere, you can see, you know, they look great on the website. We just show them as is you know, without the pad kits, but when you add those on there, it's just that extra touch of like silencing a little bit, you know, and mm-hmm. just crisp, clean. You know, it matches, they match really well. And it just kind of puts the, the, you know, finishing touches on, you know, what's already a pretty cool product. But so I really highly recommend the pad kits as well. And maybe we'll, if you see any photos with those, you could pop. Yeah. Them I was just pulling those up. I, I put those on the uh, light tackle that I had and, uh, awesome quality they felt real nice and comfortable when when, when standing on them yeah so, and we, yeah, we just make it make sure they're extra as an accessory because and there's um, a couple different colors we offer too but you know it's important for us to like i said keep that price down originally so if you first you know, if you see that 11.99 price tag well if we would have included the packets like a lot of the you know other brands do well then you know we got to raise that price you know quite a bit to include mm-hmm. the packet on there so it all kind of starts adding up, you know, a lot of the accessories you can kind of, even those Crescent side pockets you're showing there and a few other things we have mm-hmm. in the store, you know, we wanted to make those accessories so that you get to choose if you want to spend that money or not. So they're kind of like ready to be built up to a more of a, you know, fishing machine, you know, for our purposes, as we're talking kayak fishing here, it can become, you know, a little bit more of a fishing machine as you just start building it up with your yak attack accessories or your, you know, pad kits from us and extra pockets from us, things like that. And other accessories you might buy motors, batteries. So it's like a blank slate sort of concept on, on that, yep. you know, these line of boats. 
Yeah, and it's more even more so with the crew because that one don't come with tracks or anything, does it? It's I actually I don't think it does. I think you're right. It does not come with with tracks. You know, we have spots where there's you know where they go, and you can buy. Yeah. I think you can buy a kit, you know, for mm-hmm. for it to add, which comes with all the tracks you need for that for that boat. So you can buy that kit, buy the pad kit, and you know, really build it up to whatever you need it to be. It actually has a front cover too on the, on the bow, mm-hmm. which covers up that area. It's a, it's like a yeah, it's actually has one just like the uh, CK one. So if you pull up the CK one, you see that front cover, Yeah, the crew and the CK one, which covers the front tank. Well, on the CK one have the similar, or it may actually be the exact same. I know. I think it's the same footprint. So I think the, the, the covers work, you know, they're interchangeable in each one of those kayaks, oh, but yeah, and it's yep. pretty cool. Those covers are sweet. They actually look really nice. And they got a little pocket in the front. So, yeah, it has a little paddle holder too. I think, right? Yeah, yeah, it does. A little paddle scoop there. Yep. So, yeah, it's pretty cool for sure. But that's kind of it. I mean, you can see our our who we are. At, at, you know, as people. You know, you know myself, James. You know, uh, Justin, Scott, Eric. You know, all of us. We all are kind of. We all want that simplicity. Well, maybe not so much Scott. Scott likes all the gadgets, but <laughs> all the rest of us, we kind of like, we want that simplicity. But what's cool is yeah. you, know, you can build it up to do what Scott Butcher does on his. He puts all this, you know, yeah, all his these is... accessories and stuff, he builds it up and it's, it, you know, it's cool. It's his style. Everyone's got a different style. So, yep. you know, I don't knock on anybody else's style. If they want rods sticking up out of their, you know, their crates or their black packs, or whatever they use, they want them sticking up everywhere. They want 10 of them. That's, that's, you know, on them. But I'm just still like the guy who doesn't want that stuff banging trees i'm going to be going underneath trees and underneath docks and things like that i want it you know real simple so and you can mm-hmm. see there's the line like i said there's that uh sup plus that i mentioned which is a great uh paddleboard i will say about that the uh sup plus is truly uh you know a lower capacity just it's meant to be just a simple paddleboard some people try to get on there and throw a bunch of crates and a bunch of tack on a bunch of gear it just doesn't have the weight capacity for that and that's not what it's yeah. it's for it's like no this is meant for you just to go out just you you know a couple rods and you know one rod maybe and that's it a fly rod and a fly box and a paddle and a life jacket and that's it so it's not you know carry a ton and ton of you know weight capacity otherwise you know water is going to start coming onto the deck and you know or spot you know waves going to splash over real easy so it's if you use it for what it's meant for, it's an awesome, awesome craft for sure. And looks then, like it'd be a good, great, uh, it'd be a great like fly fishing vessel for somebody. Yeah, it definitely is. It's pretty cool. Um, and then we have a couple sort of simple, low retail slash rental, you know, livery mm-hmm. kayaks as well. So recce kayaks, but um, that's it's getting there, and then soon to be one more to that fleet, and we're excited, <laughs> man. Heck yeah. Well, we're, we're winding down, man. So I I appreciate you coming on the show to talk about Crescent. It's been a long time coming, like we mentioned at the beginning of the episode. So, uh, yeah, thanks for joining us. No problem, man. Sorry. I'm all over the place, but, uh, I think (laughs) if someone listened to the whole thing, I think they probably got it all. No, I mean, it was perfect. (laughs) You hit what you used each one for, and that's exactly what I wanted to do with this episode, so that's perfect. That's true. Okay, yeah. I just felt like I was bouncing around, always talking about this one again, that one, whatever. And I think <laughs> I think it actually probably worked out well because I'm giving you guys enough comparisons and, and differentiators. Because mm-hmm. again, I feel like I as I'm getting deeper and deeper into my competitive side of this sport with tournaments, it's mattered to me. It matters so much. Like every little thing matters. Like there mm-hmm. are times where it does matter that the ultralight is. 11 pounds lighter it makes a difference than that ck1 in order to be able to do something that i'm able to do and if you know and then vice versa you know the light tackle and all the differences the small differences we talk about to me those are all the differences that you guys listening have you know you're obviously just predominantly fishing one type of water or the other but that's it's a difference that's going to matter so much to Mm -hmm. you every single day if you make the right choice i'm just making the right choice per you know event or tournament per day But it matters so much in, in your everyday paddling. You just got to get – if you get that right, you know, I mean, obviously they'll all work and, and they're going to be okay in any any situation. But if you kind of followed what I was saying, you kind of understood where each one's strong suit is, if you really make that right choice, you, you are going to be, you know, a, a little happier and a little bit more excited every time to grab that boat and get out there and, and go paddling in it and fishing in it. 
Yep. I completely oh. agree with that because there was times where I had a 120 pound boat and I was dragging it up and down. Like, I don't know if you've been in Dayton or not, mm -hmm. but the great Miami, they have these big levees and I was dragging them up and down that by myself and it wasn't any fun. <laughs> no. So you probably just stopped wanting to go, yeah. go do it when you, if you own that kayak. So eventually you had to just get a different kayak and yep. that's kind of what I'm saying. I'm trying to help people here, hopefully make a good decision where they, they don't have to buy, you know, or multiple kayaks and they can get it right mm -hmm. the first time or yep or they buy the wrong kayak and they just feel like the sport's not for them you know uh, like josh was saying he was in that cheapo field and stream flipped over and, and how many people are getting into it with yeah something that's a little cheaper made not as good they don't have a good experience they didn't get some intel like this podcast provides uh and then next thing you know they're flipping over they're not having fun and they just say i don't think this kayak fishing is for me when really if they would have just had the right boat Mm -hmm. It probably it probably would have been. They just you know could have got them into that spot safer, and maybe they didn't flip or they catch a few fish and they just get get hooked. So it matters. Yep, completely agree with that, and it's a good ending to the show for sure. So for sure. Um, again, thanks for coming on the show. It was fun. So all right, I appreciate you guys. Yeah. All right, hashtag live in the current. That's our slogan at Crescent, and uh, yeah, that just reminds us always to live in the present, and also don't forget to live in the river current or lake current or ocean current whatever you choose heck yeah i love it uh can't wait to have you on for the next show to talk about your boat too so uh in the meantime guys catch up on some podcasts if you haven't and uh we'll see you next week have a good one see ya